I had the opportunity of having an Orange Sox interview via the phone with Miggy about her daughter Lamp. These are the names she uses on the blog of her website, thislittlemiggy.com, which is wonderful, by the way. I was so glad Miggy took the time to meet with me. Thank you so much for taking the time to have this interview. I, my, my first question that, that, I'm, that I'm curious about is when did you find out that your daughter had microgastria and limb reduction complex? Well, so we, we found out at her 18-week ultrasound. I had been a little bit worried because I hadn't felt a lot of movement. So, you know, you're always a little bit worried until you have the ultrasound. We went in, it was my husband and our oldest daughter and I, and I, I mentioned that to the techs. I was like, you know, I haven't felt much movement. And right away she put us at ease and said, well, you know, there's the heartbeat. Zoom it around, it looks great. And we were just like, oh, phew, everything's great. And we just kind of continued and we, you know, were excited to find out the gender. And I had really hoped that I would have another girl. So my oldest was a girl. I really wanted her to have a sister. So I was really excited when we told her, you know, that we're, you know, the, the ultrasound tech at her doctor's office so we're, we're very excited you know find out the gender she just she's kind of quiet you know she seems really focused and at some point she's just kind of like yeah yeah it looks like a girl and i just remember thinking like that was really weird like you know was, you're you're so excited so you just try not to let it bother you but usually they kind of make a bigger deal of it or they say you know okay are you ready and it's uh and they you say something and she was just like you know kind of set it off to the side and then after a couple more minutes she just abruptly stood up and started walking out of the room and i said is that it and she goes i'll be right back and my husband and i looked at each other and we knew that, that wasn't good and then my husband, who had been paying attention during the ultrasound, I hadn't really been paying attention, he said, I feel like I saw that there wasn't a hand on the baby. And I just, that was the craziest suggestion I'd ever heard in my life. I just couldn't even, I was just like, what? No, no. And, and I, for a split second, imagined that we would have this little girl who might be missing a hand. And it was almost like I didn't even really think that happened or that existed or was possible. But then it was sort of like, well, maybe that happens. But I still just, I couldn't believe that. And I just kind of was like, no, you, you just didn't see it right. And a couple months later, the doctor came in and we said, you know, is everything okay? And he said, no, no. And I'll never forget this following sentence. He said, while her head, heart, spine, and lungs look fine, it's her limbs. All of them are misshapen, deformed, or in some cases, missing bones altogether. And that was just, you know, like a, a punch to the gut. So unexpected. You know, I just remember thinking out of, I have everything I've ever worried in my life. I, I could have never imagined this. And he kept, he kept talking. He just kept sh saying things, you know, just these words like spilling out of his mouth, like skeletal dysplasia and, you know, could be this. And I don't know about dwarfism. And he was, he was just saying all these things. And, and I just couldn't even keep up. It was like I was, it was like his words were like water on my head. And I was just like sputtering and couldn't catch my breath. Finally, when I did open my mouth to say something, I started asking a question, and I just burst into tears and just buried my head, you know, in my hands. And um, our daughter, three years old at the time, and she didn't really understand what was going on, and they, they ended up taking her out of the room kindly and distracting her with some coloring, and, yeah, and, they, and I, they just talked to us, and that's how we found out. Obviously, that was a shock to you and your husband. What type of advice did they provide you at that time? The hardest thing for us was that... Um, I mean, the main advice was like, okay, we're going to get you to 
you know, some specialists ASAP. And because you know, the biggest thing, it was just such an unknown. It was, is this a condition compatible with life? Is it not? You know, is she is she going to live? Is this um, fatal? And there was just this huge unknown of, of what it meant. And it seemed like he was like, all four limbs, that's really rare. You know, it just seemed like, okay, something's really wrong here. The interesting thing is this was on a Friday afternoon. We were actually supposed to leave on a va- family vacation on Sunday. We were doing a Disney cruise and did Walt Disney World for three days, like three days each with my husband's family. And we just thought, oh, we have to cancel. We can't, we can't go like this. You know, we just found this out. We have to cancel. We ended up uh, talking to a doctor who was just like, you know, we can't get you guys in right away until, I mean, I think it was like going to be Tuesday or Wednesday. So it was, it was next week, but he, he was like, you know what, if you can go, I would go. Um, there's nothing we can do now. I don't think that, you know, anything immediately is going to happen as far as, you know, like she, she's not just going to, you know, be born right away or, you know, there wasn't anything immediately to worry about. And so I think the main thing was just like, go home and collect yourselves and we'll, we'll get back with you as soon as you can. And so, you know, the first thing we did is we just, I mean, we cried and we mourned you know, pretty hard for those first 24 hours. We ended up calling some family, I say family friends, but, you know, you had to realize we, we hadn't been there very long at all. Not, I don't, you know, I don't even think it was six months. But anyway, we, we hadn't lived there very long, but we had friends in our church that we called. We asked them to come to the LDS faith. They came and gave us a blessing, and we talked with them. And we just prayed. We prayed, and we, and I will say that, you know, we felt a lot of peace right away. And then we went on vacation, and we actually had a really great vacation, which was, surprising. I think that if I could, one thing I've learned about that experience is that you really don't know how you're going to react to a situation until you're in the situation. That's not how I thought I would have reacted and I wouldn't have thought that I would be able to be so calm about it. And then after that, we continued to, you know, we had a lot of appointments after that. The children's hospital is a really big deal here. It's really great. And so we just started seeing, you know, we had level two ultrasounds where they kind of were more specific about what each limb looked like. We sat down with a team of specialists and it was, and, and these were sobering, you know, events because I remember sitting down this you know, team of specialists, at one of the, you know, one of the most amazing children's hospitals in the country. We kept being told, and you know, to have these five men who, you know, worked for you know decades and decades of experience between say, I've n- I've never seen anything like this, and they they just they didn't know, and they they kept saying, I, I just we don't know what this, and I've never seen anything like this. Here's our best guess, and they handed us a, a best guess diagnosis, and I looked at it for about, you know one to two minutes and I just I kind of threw it out I just said that's not her and I didn't and I didn't and I say this not because it was bravado or my hopefulness of like oh I don't want it to be this diagnosis I just remember feeling and I think that mothers and you know fathers too but in my experience as a mother I think sometimes we have I think it's beyond a gut feeling I think it can be a deep sense of knowing when it comes to our children that we are blessed with this deep sense of knowing but I just knew that wasn't her that diagnosis wasn't her so I just kept moving forward and we didn't have answers and we continued to see the doctor because it was of course now considered a high-risk pregnancy and he had to see us every week to do fetal monitoring because automatically when you have a child who has birth defects they are in a higher you know much higher uh, risk for for being born you know stillborn or or prematurely so yeah there wasn't a lot of advice or anything to do what were your thoughts after she came into this world (laughs) i looked at her and i said she's perfect you know it was was an interesting period being pregnant during that time and suddenly we became you know really sensitive 
to things in the world that you hear that are so commonplace that suddenly you knew they didn't apply to this. You know, people say it about little babies and little humans all the time, and suddenly we knew this doesn't apply to this human. Little things like 10 little toes and 10 little fingers. Well, we knew our daughter wasn't going to have 10 little toes and 10 little fingers. You know, there was an, an episode of TV at the time, a, sh a show we liked to watch, where a couple had a baby, and remember seeing this, like, little baby arm reach up on this TV show, and my husband and I kind of looked at each other knowing that wasn't, that wasn't going to be our daughter. But after she was she was born, she was perfect and she was ours, you know, and I just knew that, I, I don't know, I, again, I think this goes back to you really don't know how you're going to react until you're there because I think if someone had told me, you know, in my 20s or, you know, someone had a crystal ball and said, you're going to have a, a child with a disability and she's not really going to have hands and she's not going to have these things, in my mind, I think I would have thought, I'm, I'm going to freak out, you know, I'm going to freak out every day of my life, I'm going to feel so worried, but I didn't, you know, we just loved her just knew she was ours. So grateful for her. And, and we were grateful that right away there didn't seem to be other issues because that was, that was a huge unknown. We, you know, as I said, they didn't know what we were dealing with. Most likely, over the course of, of meeting with doctors, it looked like most likely that she would live. You know, they couldn't see any reason why she wouldn't. There were some questions about, they couldn't find her stomach for a long time. And it's very, very small. So they thought there was a little worry, is, is her esophagus going to be blocked when she was born? You know, so we didn't know that there were some questions about that. And so, um, and I will say, you know, my husband at the time, he's doing his residency in pediatric dentistry at the hospital at Children's Hospital and he he sees a lot of kids with disabilities and he was like you know there's never it's never just one thing you know honey like it's, it's there's probably gonna be you know all these things and so so in our mind we were kind of prepared for there to be a lot of complex issues and actually I remember one time a doctor saying to me one of the specialists many specialists that we saw over this time he said you know it's very possible that the, this could just be a physical issue and she has no other medical complications and that she's just like any other baby and she goes home with you after four days and I was kind of mad at that doctor because I thought that he was sort of setting us up for disappointment but that's that's what happened so how old is she now so she's seven now and she's at school right now she's in first grade we just went to her um she had a field trip this morning we just went to her field trip me and her little sister and yeah she she had a couple other medical issues as a baby as far as she had a g-tube for a while because the small stomach did end up being a little bit of an issue so she was she was fed she was always fed orally, but she was supplemented as well through G2 for about a year. But other than that, it really did end up being that her, it's just her limbs that are affected. So what has been some of the hardest things about having a child with this diagnosis? The hardest thing, for sure, are the social, the social implications and what it means for us to live, what it means for her to live in a world where she has very visible differences. So she never flies under the radar when we're out in public. She has a wheelchair, and then on top of just, you know, having a wheelchair, you know, she's missing most of her left arm. Her right arm is also much shorter. It stops where a typical elbow would stop, and then she doesn't have, you know, a fully formed hand. She has a hand, still, still a hand, it's her hand. She has, um, you know, it's like three fingers all fused together. Her legs are shorter, they're different lengths. You know, it's not hard being her mom, but it is sometimes hard being her mom in a world that doesn't readily recognize and, and know what to do sometimes with, with someone who is so different, uh, who appears so different on the outside. So tell me about the joys. <sighs> the joys are, that's sort of one of the main messages that I try to share on my blog. I've talked a lot about this, but that I think for a lot of special needs families, 
is that ours is a journey from fear to love. You know, we had that terrible ultrasound appointment, and it was just blinding fear. It was just fear for the future, fear for us, fear for this girl, what was this going to mean? And the joy is just that, oh, oh, you just love her as much as you do your, your any other child. You know, the, re- your, the rest of your kids. You know, when we got that ultrasound appointment, it, it feels so definitive to have a doctor saying, oh, all of her limbs are affected. This, this, it just sounded so grim. Everything about it sounded so grim. But what I've realized now is that I appreciate that we had an ultrasound appointment. I appreciate that we had some information up front about her. But what you know, it was so inadequate in telling us the whole picture of who she is. She is such a naturally happy and joyful kid, and she always has been. She has the best laugh in the world. She's funny, she's bright, you know, she says the most hilarious and sometimes inappropriate things that, you know, make us laugh. You know, she's a joy to raise on every level. And then, and then on top of it, to see, you know, my, my eyes have just been completely opened, as I'm sure yours have, because, you know, like you, I also interview families who have kids with disabilities or, intervi- or individuals themselves with disabilities. So my eyes have just been completely open to this whole new world of what it's like to live, you know, in a body that, that has been, that is, you know, dis- disabled. And I just see it from this whole new, new perspective of, you know, she's the same. I mean, she, yeah, she does things differently. Sometimes people think, you know, we use euphemisms like, oh, she's differently abled. And it's not a euphemism. I mean, she really is. She writes with her feet. She can feed herself with her feet. Her fine motor skills, you know, her feet are her hands. And she, for a while in school, received occupational therapy. She still receives physical therapy. But she, you know, after a while, they're like, we can't give her occupational therapy anymore because she's, she rides at the same level of her peers and we can't justify it. I really do see through her what humans are capable of and I feel like I see ability and I see possibility where as before I I really did just see disability. What has been her impact in your opinion on her siblings, on your uh, extended family, your friends, neighbors? Have you seen that, that her life and her abilities have had an impact on them? Yeah, Absolutely. I, again, I think all of us, I don't know that there was anyone in my family or my husband's family that we knew that was born with a disability. My husband's mother, so my mother-in-law, she does have MS, so that was something that she's had to learn to adapt to over her life. But still, I think it's different sometimes when someone's born with a disability. So I think even just, you know, it, it helps for people to know and see someone they love who's disabled because I think that naturally in our society sometimes there's just a great discomfort with disability. You know, a lot of us grew up at a time when, you know, kids were really segregated mostly from school. So if you're not around disability, you're just not familiar with it. So you feel more uncomfortable. It may feel a little bit more fearful and foreign to you. So I think for all of our family, I hope just knowing someone with a disability and seeing how how wonderful she is and how loved she is and how, how everything, you know, that she, yes, she's disabled and that label doesn't bother me. And I hope it doesn't bother her because that is a part of who she is and it's nothing to be ashamed of or afraid of. But at the same time, like all of us, she's not one thing and it's not the whole of who she is. You know, even at school, I think it's you know been such a big impact on, on her teacher this year. I know he's wonderful and he has been like, you know, she really does just want to be like the rest of the kids. I think a lot of people have learned and I know this is something we had to learn and doctors would tell us is that, you know, when it comes to therapy, when it comes to her ability, she's going to show you the way. She's going to lead the way. And she has. 
you know, she, we never told her to start using your feet to draw or start using your feet to do this. That's what she figured out was the best for her. So, yeah, I think she's had a great impact on people just hopefully being around someone who has a very noticeable physical disability, but being like, oh, wow, she's really pretty much like anyone else. You know, she's a lot like the other kids and she she needs accommodations, but so do most of us, (laughs) you know, some way or another. Well, that's great. I'm just wondering if I came to you just having had a child or in utero discovered that I had a child, had a similar diagnosis as as your daughter, what advice would you give me? So my first advice would just be that it is okay to mourn and to feel sad and to to feel that. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Again, I do hope. And I say that, the only reason I say that hesitantly, because I don't want anyone to feel bad if they do mourn that. We mourned we mourned, we feel bad. It's just hard for me to say that now because I think, you know, for me, there's nothing sad about my daughter. There's nothing sad about, you know, who she is and her disabilities. But at the same time, because most of us are so unfamiliar, our ideas of what disability are and, uh, you know, it is hard and and so you mourn it. So I, I think it's okay to go through that, feel the sorrow, feel the sadness. But I also think we have so many resources with the internet today and to be able to connect to families and to be able to connect to other organizations. So, you know, be informed and, and look stuff up and do some research and connect to other moms. I was fortunate enough to be able to talk to other moms before Lamp was born so that I could just talk to them and know what it was like. The one thing I will say, though, too, is that uh, with limb differences, no no two are exactly alike. Such a huge, broad range. I mean, people who are missing one arm, which is a very common limb difference to have, missing you know, basically one hand below the elbow. That's really common. That's vastly different from my daughter, who has all four limbs, who doesn't walk, who uses a power chair, who doesn't have a single hand to grab with an opposable thumb. So you really also have to try to be very open to realizing that talking to one person is not going to be and, and their differences, you have to really think about your individual child, how each limb is affected, and how they all come together. My, my other advice would just be to remember that ultrasound machines, while helpful, are not future predicting machines. They can't tell you about your child's wonderful personality or the amazing things they're going to teach you. You know, there, there's so much that that ultrasound machine couldn't tell us. And so just to keep that in mind, it's a, it's a small piece in the, the whole of who this person is. And that, you know, there's just so many resources today, you know, as well, whether it's a power chair that your kid might need, prosthetics, you know, OTPT. If you live in America, we're fortunate to be able to get government resources that are available. So there's just, there's a lot to be hopeful about and that really, they're going to figure it out. And they're, and to them, it, I do think that people who lose limbs, it's a lot harder than if you're born born the way you are. That's function. That's the only thing you know, and you function that way. And you don't. You know, my daughter doesn't. She's not missing any arms. That's how she was born, and so and, and that's how she functions, just like the rest of us. We use the what we've got to the best of our ability. That's great advice. I appreciate it. I appreciate you talking to me to do this Orange Socks interview. You're awesome. I'm just thrilled that I had this opportunity of meeting you via the phone and uh, having you yeah. share your wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for your work, and I, you know, and I, it's always great to meet other people out there just trying to spread positive messages about inclusion and disability because I really think it takes a village <laughs> for us all to do it.